Guys, what's happening? Welcome back to the show. This is Creating Space, and I'm Wes Knight. You're joining me for episode number four. In this episode, I'm bringing to you Jasmine Margarino, one of Lake Norman's premier yoga instructors. Jasmine is going to tell you her story of Olympic pursuit and gymnastics, how she was knocked off her pedestal by a devastating knee injury, and just how she found her way through a spiritual journey of travel and self-exploration, and how she found herself in the middle of the jungle in Central America. It's an incredible story. Let's check her out. Jasmine Margarino. Lake Norman's premier yoga instructor. Here we are, creating space. One of my favorite new guests. This is Jasmine Margrino, hailing from upstate New York. Not only is she a premier yogi, she is a clean juice ambassador. Jasmine, what is happening? <laughs> hey. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Life is good. You're always smiling. I have to create the backstory. So, I'm a bit of a yogi aficionado. As many of you know, I'm a former pro, and I've got a lot of aches and pains due to that. I took Jasmine's class not too long ago, and Jasmine is phenomenal. However, Jasmine pushed me to a place where I almost puked. <laughs> so I had to figure out how is she so good, and how does she become a yogi? So welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about upstate New York. Upstate New York is amazing. Actually. So when I'm thinking upstate New York, it's not the city, obviously. No. <laughs> I had to clarify that with Wes, actually. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't just say I'm from New York. I'm yeah. from upstate. So upstate New York. Yes. Eight years you've been here in Lake Norman. Yes. That's pretty cool. Eight awesome years here. All up here at the lake? Yes. Yes. Cool. I've been in Davidson and Cornelius. I've lived both. Davidson. So many of you will, that's synonymous with Steph Curry. Yes. That's where he went to, that's where he went to university, Davidson College. How do you like being here and are you going to stay? I love it here. I really toy back and forth as a yogi. You kind of want to give back to areas that really don't have as much access. So I kind of, at times, toy with the idea of opening up a little yoga space back in upstate and sure. uh, you know but I love it here right now I'm right. not leaving anytime soon it's kind of synonymous with the hero's story mm -hmm. right if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's story of getting out breaking away from your hometown going and learning and going through apprenticeships and really mastering your craft and then having the dream of taking it back home to where you're from that's pretty admirable stuff so <laughs> What I've learned about you in our few conversations is that at one point you were a highly competitive gymnast. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that side of your life. Oh, man. I, uh, I did gymnastics from when I feel that I could walk. Some of my first memories are in the gym. My dad was a gymnast. Right. I have little pictures of me with my gymnastics shirt on. And along the way, you know, I just ended up finding out that I had a kind of a raw, natural talent for that sport. I loved every single aspect of it. Sure. And um, I just began doing it more and more, more okay. often. And then I became competitive with that. Sure. And with competition and gymnastics, I mean, it takes up all of your time. So I ended up having to go to private school for a while and just concentrating on my training and doing this a ridiculous 30, 30 something plus hours a week, I think like 37. Wow. And even I had one day off Sundays and I still wanted to be there. That is how much in love with that sport I was. Got it. That, that's incredible. So I know a bit what that's like to be a competitive athlete and to be immersed into your sport or to your craft and wanting to give everything you could for that. I found a lot of times, and I'm realizing now, 
that the sport for me was a safe haven and it protected me from a lot of the things that I had going on. I dealt with performance anxiety all of my career and didn't realize it really until the latter stages and and after after retiring. Was it a safe haven for you? Absolutely. Uh, 1000%. I did go through a little period of time when I was like a little kid, my parents separated for a while. Like any child, you kind of feel like somehow that's your fault, which it wasn't at all. And um, I started having panic attacks for a while. They were really severe. My poor mother, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you deal with all that in a kid. And um, my safe haven was the gym. That's the only time you could get me out. And I was not freaking out, like worrying about something, having anxiety. And it really kind of got me through that little tiny aspect of my life, I had to learn to breathe, obviously, through sure. them. And you don't realize, like, later on in life, now that I do yoga, how crazy and awesome breath is and how yeah. great that is for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I saw a YouTube video, I think it was yesterday, that showed a satellite view of the Earth, and it sped up in a fast-forward show of the Earth going through all of the seasons. And you could see the ice caps forming in the winter and then through the summer they would melt and it what it showed was the earth literally breathing it was extremely fantastic to watch the earth seemingly take in air which was go through the winter months and then release it in through the summer and it just makes you understand how you are a part of so much more and how breath is at the center of it so that's interesting tell me a little bit more about the connection you have with breath because it seems like that directly translates from going from a gymnast to a yogi. It does. If you ever watch an Olympic level gymnast before that they are about to get on an event, 99.9% of the time they take a deep breath. Mm. You're taught, uh, you're taught visualization of exercise, which is actually a form of third eye operation, you know, that type of. So for those of the listeners (laughs) that are not familiar with the third eye, Where is that and what is the third eye exactly? Third eye is pineal gland. It is in between the eyebrows. It's located there. It is supposed to open up intuition and wisdom. It's part of the chakra system. And I did not realize, you know, now making that connection back, the whole visualization and the breathing and all of that is fully interconnected with still what I'm doing now. And a lot of professional athletes do that. And I'm sure you did that as well with the breathing. Not until it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) Not until it was too late. But visualization and intuition, you said it's in the chakra system. It is. Tell me what color that is. Because all chakras have a color, right? Yes. I believe the third eye is putting me on the spot right now, guys. I believe that it is indigo. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Indigo is a cool color. Mm -hmm. That's like a purplish blue (laughs) color, right? Yes. I think. Beautiful color. (laughs) So you had this connection with the breath and you're moving from a gymnast into a yogi, but we're missing the bridge there. Is there a story there, how you got from one place to the other? Absolutely. (laughs) Lovely story. It begins, you know, once I got into my crazy gymnastics training and I'm traveling all over the place, meeting all these amazing people, all these coaches that I saw on television that I always, you know, dreamed to be with and compete against. I was at a meet in Las Vegas and it was at UNLV. And it was one of those situations, which I've never agreed with this in gymnastics. They had us warm up all four. 
and then compete. And what that means is you warm up all four events, and then you compete all four, which this makes no sense to me. None at all. You really. should warm up that event and then compete yeah. it. So say you warm up beam first and then vault last, you know, and then you have to go back to beam. It just doesn't. So my last event to warm up was vault. I slid. It's kind of different out there in the West. The chalk and everything, it's hard to explain, but it's slipperier. And if you're not used to it, that altitude and that difference in the dry and everything, my hand slipped. I never fell on vault. It was one of my best events. I landed on my knees. No big deal. I had a little bit of water on the knee. I had a little bit of swelling. They asked me if I wanted to pull uh, from the competition. And I was like, absolutely not. You know, that's not in my nature competitively. No, I'm doing this. I'm going to win this. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of wrapped it up. Beam was my first event. That's not a huge, you know, leg event pounding wise. Water down my dismount, which means, you know, I just kind of did a little bit easier of a dismount. And then my next event was floor exercise. Well, since I don't warm up floor, exercise. I don't know how my knee is going to handle that. And due to having swelling, a little bit water in the knee, first tumbling pass I land, snap. I mean, I could still hear the snap today. And it was a pain that, I mean, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't cry. Mm -hmm. couldn't breathe. I couldn't, you know, going back to the breath, could not breathe. And go to find out. that was your ACL. That was my ACL. The anterior (laughs) cruciate ligament that you and I have both suffered that injury. And I'm a positive guy, yes. but I have a, there's a rage side of me, and I think there's, a, <laughs> there's that in everyone. Even the rage side of me would not wish an ACL tear on my darkest and biggest enemy. It is savagery. I know what that's like. That yes. moment is devastating. It's a pivotal moment. What happened next? What happened next? Well, my knee, <laughs> my knee swelled up to like the size of a basketball. Sure. And... Because I was so conditioned, they did not know that it was my ACL. They thought that I just had some cartilage tear. My knee wouldn't move. And found out it was the ACL. Went in for surgery. Like the next week, USA Gymnastics got me in real quick. And they were like four months, period, before you start to do anything, before you hop before you run before anything and, and I'm they like do surgery at this time they did surgery yep week later surgery and then you know rehabilitation starts pretty quickly the most painful part of that was the rehab and I'm sure that you can <laughs> it, it brings I just had a flashback of the pain associated with it the atrophy that your your leg goes through it's when, insane when you're immobile yeah uh, and then the stiffness and all of the things that you go through I just had a flashback in it yeah so Mentally, I went sideways. I yeah. went sideways with mine. I ended up blowing up a life that I had at that time. Mm-hmm. Did you go through anything like that? I did for a brief moment. Okay. I did. Uh, but I also had this really forward-thinking mentality. Wow. Immediately, the competitive gymnast in me was like, I'm rehabbing this and I'm getting back as soon as possible. And they're not going to tell me that it's going to be four months until I can do this and six months until I do that. And that's ego talking, my friends. Uh, that's ignorance. It's also an inter- it's a bit of an eternal optimist, though, yeah, which, is, it is. which is something that I think is a good part of your character. It's a good thing, and it, it can be a deterrent sometimes. Okay, sure. <laughs> but that, you know, it is good to be forward-thinking and not get yourself down in injury, absolutely. But if a doctor tells you, I'm just here to tell everybody, if a doctor tells you to rest something, probably best to rest something for Got a little it. bit, because I did not do that. Oh, Yes, I pretty much, I think it was about a month and a half, I taped my knee back 
back together, wore my brace, started swinging bars, started hopping on trampolines. And I'm like, no, I can deal with pain. They're not going to tell me. They don't understand. So I went about a year. I went about a year, and then I tore it again because I did not rehab it the way that I was supposed to. So ACL tears within a year. Yes, and then I'm done. I'm done with gymnastics. Of course. And I am broken at this point. Ah. Here yes. comes the beautiful part of this story. <laughs> I am broken. I love that. I, I've been broken. Yes. I know what that feels like. So tell me what broken is to you. Tell me what that meant. I, my identity as self was a gymnast. I did not know myself, period. I knew myself as that. And that sport defined me. And then when that is taken away, what do you have? It's a scary thing to look in the mirror and not recognize what you see. Yes. That's a very, (laughs) very scary thing. And a lot of people, fortunately enough, don't go through that early enough. But there will be a time in your life that that happens. So you're at the bottom. You're not sure who you are anymore. Your, Your identity, your foundation is washed away like sand. I can't even do, like, this was the last thing that I wanted to do was to be a collegiate gymnast. It's a lot different now. It's amazing to be a collegiate gymnast now. And you're on the path to... So competitive that you were on the path to compete in the Olympics. You oh, knew yeah. That was a goal of yours, and it was something that looked more and more attainable as you continued, right? That was my goal 1,000%. Whether somebody told me that that was not going to be my goal, that was my goal in my mind. That is how I was training. And it's one thing to compete in the NCAAs. Yeah. It's another thing to wear your nation's flag and be an Olympian. Not everyone wants to be an Olympian. So that it's not like you were just your average everyday cutting a cartwheel, backflip, gymnast, <laughs> you were the top of the line. So you're at the bottom, you're chasing your identity, you're chasing yourself. Did you go through any depression or any anxiety? I was a mess. I was a hot mess yeah. for a long time. I mean, my ride to college is gone because of that. I can't do gymnastics anymore. And I just really had no idea what to do. I was left clueless. I don't even know how to describe it other than just broken. Scary. And... Um, I kind of walked through life for a really, really long time that way. And it's not a good way to be. I wasn't like a big time drugger or anything like that. But I just, you know, I turned to alcohol and, you know, just bad outlets. I hung out with some people that I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with. And, you know, it's kind of like you defy everything. You do everything the opposite way because why not? I had Mm. this crazy mentality like, well, whatever, you know. I was like this for probably about a decade. I was miserable. My energy was terrible. The energy that I exuded to, to others was very closed and negative. Toxic. And it's, you know, you know those people though, where sure. you want to stay away. I was that person. Yeah. And I, looking back, I can't believe that I allowed myself to go there. But you know what? I'm so happy that I was in that place now because I'm able to identify with others that are in that situation and tell them that there is a way out. I love that. That is what creating space is all about. It's about understanding the idea that you must, you must go through times of trial in your life to triumph. And then I believe it is your deed to society. Once you learn and are educated on a certain topic, you must go teach it. You must go expand the awareness on that topic. So that's why it's so important for me to get you on the show because you get it. You understand. You've been there. And you're now teaching that mindfulness through yoga. And it's so crazy that you talked about breath being one of the (laughs) foundations. I'm in Jasmine's class. It's my first time, (laughs) one of my first times at Melting Point Hot Yoga in Huntersville, North Carolina. 
and I'm front and center because her class is full. It's a Friday noon class, and her class is always full now that I realize. The only spot left is a spot directly behind the teacher, <laughs> and there's a mirror right in front of me in the teacher to the left, which is Jasmine, and she's got us doing some kind of crazy breathing technique, and my ego is sitting in that room thinking, what am I doing? I need to get out of here. This is so anxious. This is awkward. What am I doing? And she pushed me to a place and made me face literally my ego to say, all right, big guy, you're not that cool. And <laughs> you need to be able to put yourself way down off any kind of pedestal to be able to accept this yoga practice. So how did you get to a spot where you teach such a new brand of yoga that, that I haven't experienced in all the places I've done yoga? It's very interesting. So I uprooted myself from that misery, and I moved to North Carolina. Uh, Best decision ever. This place is so amazing, isn't yeah, it? It's it awesome cool. here. You know, I was here for a few years. My boyfriend at the time, that is now my amazing husband, ended up going to Kuwait on a government contract job. It took me back to a place where I was kind of broken again. I was really sad. I was really depressed, and I was kind of searching. The gym going to the gym, I'm not one of those gym rats where I enjoy that. Yeah. It just does nothing for me. Right. I, running on a treadmill or lifting weights, like that's not, <laughs> that just isn't tantalize my spirit. Okay. So I don't know why. I, to this day, I cannot tell you why other than the universe took me to this place. But this plaza over here, the melting point is in now. I had no reason to be over there. There was nothing in there. I don't know how I ended up there. And I drove through there one day, pulled in, and I saw a sign that the melting point was just opening up, grand opening, and there was a special on there. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to do. Nothing at all whatsoever. So I'm going to go try this. I went. I went to Marshall's. <laughs> I got... <laughs> And uh, I went to Marshall's and I got my yoga pants and I got a yoga shirt and I went to yoga the next day. And I'll tell you what, right then and there, I don't know what happened, was a shift. Mm. And I walked out of there in complete and utter bliss. This was wow. exactly what I've been missing. Yeah. I am brought here for a purpose. There were nights that I didn't want to go to bed because I was so excited to wake up in the morning for 6 a.m. yoga. It was crazy. You found your bliss. You found your passion. I did. And you were connected. And I started. How cool is it? It's almost as if life, when you find your passion, puts this, one, this oxygen mask over your mouth, gives you 100% pure oxygen, and you're full of life. And you're so excited about pursuing it. And you get those nerves and that energy to be able to, to go with it. So you find yoga. Do you immediately sign up for a teacher course? No, and I do not recommend that okay. for anybody. Wow, all right. No, you need to practice, and you may need to make sure that you know, you're dedicated to your practice. You don't just walk in and say, hey, I want to become a yoga teacher. You have to go through the steps, okay. I feel. There's always a foundation, and make sure that you're dedicated to that practice, and you're starting to understand it for a while. Okay. And so I did. I listened. I did it for about two years, which was what was suggested to me to be practicing for about two years right. until you kind of delve down that path. And I did. I, uh, I worked at an amazing place. I still do every once in a while called the Brick House Tavern. Yeah. It's awesome. It's in Davidson. Steph Curry goes in there every <laughs> once in a while, people, just so you know. And <laughs> so you work out there in Davidson. How now did you get into the teacher 
education. I started picking up chips. I saved all my money and I started researching. And I found this amazing training and I started looking, and this is not to knock any teacher training that gives people access at a studio. Our studio offers an amazing teacher training at the Melting Point and they're okay. about to do one again this summer. But for me, I'm like, if I have the time, I don't have kids, I can get away for almost the same amount of money. I should just go and immerse myself. And I started studying about it and I signed up. It was the craziest feeling to sign up for this. I'm like, all right, I'm going to Costa Rica, guys. I'm going to like be in the middle of this jungle. Central America. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And here's this girl that used to have these crazy panic attacks, and I'm going by myself. Yeah. Like, it is the most liberating Whoa. feeling. Whoa, by yourself. By myself. All by myself. Wow. So for any of you who may hear the word, and it's a buzzword these days, but panic attacks. Yeah. I've had plenty of those. Yeah. I've had one that debilitated me so much where I was on the kitchen floor of my ex-girlfriend's house with her father looking over me with this kind of wide-eyed look thinking, what is happening here? And those are terrible. Mm -hmm. So those are debilitating, make you afraid to get out in society for worry that it might happen <laughs> in front of everyone. And so you go from that to traveling with a backpack on your own, yes. no help, Yes. Costa Rica in a jungle. Best decision I ever made. Okay, why? I found myself. When you say creating space, I still, this training was designed, I think I was there for about three and a half weeks. Literally, it's called Cojita, Costa Rica. It's in the middle of the jungle. It's on the Caribbean side, not where most people go. Whoa. And um, they do a chakra like a whole week of going through each energy system. And so you legit are stripping each one down. You start at the root and work your way all, all the, the way up. All of them. The and there are people left and right bursting into tears. Like you kind of, if you think about it, you're like, this is madness. What yeah. is happening right here? Shedding layers. And what exactly you were doing right then is creating space. Mm. You are by going through that. Mm. And I had one day where my ego kind of got in the way. I had not had a breakdown like everybody else did. And I still had kind of that mentality, like, no, I'm stronger than this. I'm not going to yeah. be one of those people. Guess what? I'm assisting somebody in handstand. And the instructor that is hosting this training, who is amazing, her name is Vidya Jacqueline Heisel. And she comes over to me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm assisting this person in a handstand. This is nothing for me. I, this is what I've done my entire life, right? Mm -hmm. It took me back to that gymnastics place. Right. I know what I'm doing, Vidya. <laughs> ah, no. And so uh, she's like, she looks at me and she's like, this is dangerous, the way that you are assisting her. This is not how I'm teaching you. I had a breakdown. I had to like, Whoa. I just burst. I mean, it just, I burst into tears. And what I realized is she took me to that layer that I needed to shed, right? Wow, she pushed you to that place. She did, and I felt so liberated after that. And I, you know, once I got past that, I listened to her, and you bet your butt, <laughs> I know how to properly and safely assist somebody in handstand now. And okay. I do it her way. Right. Her way is accurate. She's been doing this for very many, many years. I understand, okay. and I let go of that ego part of me, you know, that was stripped. Right, <laughs> so sounds like, that trip created space for the new Jasmine, the Jasmine that I'm sitting in front of right yes. now. Yes. The Clean Juice ambassador, which is so <laughs> cool. You walk into Clean Juice and she's got this massive poster uh, on the wall. It's really inspiring to see that you have found your passion. You have 
listened and allowed that passion to guide you. And now you're living that passion wholeheartedly. If you follow her on Instagram at LKN Yoga Girl, she's got incredible pictures in all of the pristine places in Lake Norman doing really sick poses, really tough poses. And she makes them look really, really easy. Tell me this. I, I like to know there are so many mentors that I have in my life and people who have meant so much and have guided me. Who are maybe one or two of the individuals who guided you along this path? Uh, and you can accredit some of the success or some of the journey to them. First and foremost, Sarah Flanagan is an old owner of The Melting Point. For whatever reason, she just spoke to me. She made me want to be a yoga instructor. She was the instructor that I had when I first well, took my first yoga. Her? Why, why did you enjoy her? Whatever her vibe, whatever her voice was in class, whatever right. messages she had to say at that point in time early on in, um, in my yoga you know, practitioner, you know, practice. Yeah. I do fully, fully, wholeheartedly thank her and accredit her for making me want to be, awesome. you know. Does she know that you think of her so highly? I hope so. You know, you I really hope to so. Her. You should let her know. <laughs> What's up, Sarah? I had, a, I had a buddy call me today, this morning. I hadn't talked to him in like a year. And he said, Wes, I just heard your podcast. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. You sound like you love what you do. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'm so proud of you. And it, it lit me up. I think you should reach out to her. You should let her know. It, it'll shift her day, I bet you. It'll put a big smile on her face. Anyone else? Yes. This past year, about a year ago right now, I was in Bali. I did my another teacher training there. I did a 500-hour. So, wow. you know, I got back from Costa Rica. I had taught for, I think, another another year and a half, almost two years. And then um, I signed up for my master yoga teacher training okay. with Dashima Kona Gordon. And what a name. It's so cool, awesome. right? I went to Bali for you know a little over a month. I trained with her. And she was one of those people that the second that I met her, I just had a connection. I felt like I had known her my entire life. She felt the same. And we had this conversation cool. like, you know, a little bit later on in training. And she mentors me still to this day. I actually work for her for the Pranashama Yoga Institute. I do a lot of her online CEUs. I'm supposed to be in Bali with her right now, but I yeah. just could not make the trip again right this second. And um, I talked to her quite a bit. I ask her questions. And I, you know, well, we'll do more together. I know yeah, we have like you, a... You'll be lifelong friends, lifelong yes. partners as far as, you know, maybe work or in every capacity. Yes. That's phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> I like to ask kind of a lightning round, quick lightning round question. Okay. Kind of throw some things at you, some concepts maybe you haven't thought of before. See what, see what you come up with on the spot. Uh-oh. You want to play? All right, let's do uh, it. Okay, check this out. Number one, you're on, you're back in that jungle, all right? You're back in that jungle in Costa Rica. You are you now. Not the individual you were then. You are the jasmine, the product of that trip, okay? You are the last individual on that island, okay? And you're, you're about like Castaway, Tom Hanks, all right? Yeah. You've got Wilson, the volleyball, uh, his only connection to what he remembers, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've got a piece of paper and a pen. You're losing your mind slowly. You start to write down things on this piece of paper about things you want to remember in hopes that you'll get rescued. You can read this piece of paper and you can have all your memory put back in. Okay. What would be three things that you would write of things in your life to remember? Marrying my husband, number one. Awesome. Number two, my grandparents. My mother and my father are amazing too, but my grandparents are like 
gold to me. They raised me too. So my Nana and Grants. All right. And three, still gymnastics. I love it. Yeah, gymnastics. Yes. You, mm-hmm. You'd make sure, would you write routines down or would you just put the word gymnastics in expectation that that would that would tr- I feel like that would trigger what <laughs> it needed it. to trigger. I love it. Last, last thing, last question. You've got the choice to live your life, the ultimate choice to live your life wherever you want for the rest of your life with your husband. Where are you going? Oh, man. Italy. You're going to Italy. Mm-hmm. So why and where? I got engaged there. I have never landed somewhere. My family's Italian. His family's Italian. Right. I got off the plane there and felt like I was at home. I felt more at home there than I do in the U.S. It was crazy. Really? And uh, yes, Italy... 1,000% Tuscany. I got engaged in an olive grove there. Holy smokes. And it just, that place blew my mind. I've never had an area where I saw something and it brought tears to my eyes. And wow. it did that for me wow. there. Energetically, I just felt like... What place in particular? It was just Italy as a whole or was there a scenic place in particular? Yeah, there's a place called, it's called Capinoli. Okay. <laughs> Capinoli, Italy. It's, uh, it's just outside of... Pisa. And you're going up towards Volterra. It's like this crazy mountain. Right. Right. And you go up it and um, right there. I mean, I just, my heart is there. Uh, Right there. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. You think at some point there will be a time that you'll live there? You know, I really hope so. This is something that I really, truly try to manifest. I do want to say I have a book every morning that I try to write in. It's a gratitude notebook. I got this idea from Dashima. And I write for about 10 minutes everything that I'm grateful for, dreams, goals, aspirations, no matter how ridiculous they are, I write them down in there. And I am a firm believer that what you put out into the universe will come back to you. And I write that almost every single day. I want to open a retreat center in Italy (laughs) and I want to share yoga there. And this is how I want to end up. I love that. I do that. I do that as well. I also do it at night because I feel sometimes I tend to get focused, particularly right now, so in depth with creating space and with uh, coaching at the Carolina Rapids that I tend to miss all the things that go on in the day and I don't give them and allow them to have the gratitude uh, that that's, you know, they, they should be served. So I love that you do that. I love that you write down your goals, you write down your aspirations, you write down things that you want to remember. Uh, I think that's, that's a practice of mindfulness that everyone needs to adhere to. I think it's there's so much positive positivity right, that can come right. from that, right? And I offer that in my classes, right, at the yeah. end. I make everybody put their hand on their heart and right. their hand on their belly. I'm like, think of three things you're grateful for, people. Like, I mean, you got to. You, you crush it. Every time you say a quote, uh, I feel like you're talking directly to me. So there's a lot of thought that goes in to what you do. It's resonated with me since I've gotten there, which is why serendipitously enough, I wanted to to bring you on the show, let you tell your story. We could kick it and and we could have a lot of fun and share that story in the process. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really do enjoy stories like Jasmine. She's teaching us how important it is to go inside, figure out what it is that we love and then walking in that light for the rest of our life. Now, if you're inspired by this story and you'd like to hear more, check me out on the iTunes store. The podcast is Creating Space with Wes Knight. And you can follow me in all my social media platforms. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at at Wesley T. Knight. 
on Snapchat where I'm really active. You can find me at West Knight there. And in Facebook for the Mindset Mondays that comes every Monday, you can find me at facebooklive.com forward slash West night. Next week, check with me right back here for more content, more ways to create space for the best version of you.